today on the Track Pack Road Trip Podcast, we talked to Simone and Courtney from the Behind the Stacks Podcast about the Spruce Grove Public Library where they both work at. How many employees at your library? So we have about a little over 20 employees at the Spruce Grove Public Library. They're all in various departments. And we all get to try out different things, which is really fun as well. Where is the library located and can you tell us about the library you work at? The library is located in Spruce Grove, across from the Spruce Grove Fire Department. It's near Central Park and City Hall. It's a really great place to work. We moved to this location in 2007. We used to be on the other side of the building. I didn't work there when it was there. I used to just come and visit the library and it was very small. It was kind of down a dark corridor, really didn't have much room. So when they moved to this location, it was amazing. We're a public library. We're a decent sized library. We have uh, wonderful patrons, great collection and e-resources. Is interlibrary loan popular with your patrons and staff? And are there any memorable interlibrary loan stories you have? Oh, I think interlibrary loans are a huge part of our library. It's so popular. It's crazy back there, isn't it? It is, and we can't do it alone. Like, there's no way we could purchase everything for everyone. So I like this sharing kind of mm-hmm. aspect. And we have some amazing staff back there. I call them the ILL superheroes. There's Sherry, Gloria, Marion, Teresa, and of course, other staff go back and help as well. But they are like the, the main four. They keep it running smoothly, and I don't even know how sometimes because I go back there and it's just crazy but it's like an organized crazy just so busy but they get everything done any memorable stories well when I started at the library in 2007 me and um, another staff member we used to do ILL but it was in the main library we were off in a corner and we had two bags that we would put the stuff in and send off and it would take a couple of hours and we'd be done now almost 15 years later about 30 to 50 bins a week pretty much every day I love the collaboration with other libraries okay I'm going to ask you a question okay all-time favorite book character Ooh, I really had to think for this one because I'm writing so many books I'm like who's the most memorable for me and of course I had to go with Gandalf (laughs) from J.R.R. Tolkien's novels The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings he's just so magnificent majestic and even with all the chaos and like Hellstorm, he's still just like, I'm a calm presence and I'm here. And the fact that he leveled up and took all the experience and turned into White Cattle. <laughs> he's like, yeah, run everyone, I'm going to go defeat this thing. Bye. Yeah, he was like the, the first pro gamer, wasn't he? Right? <laughs> like, I'm leveling up. You guys just, you can stay the way you are. <laughs> Riding off on Shutterfest. Yes. And how about you? What is your all-time favorite book character? My favorite book character is Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird. I just admired his character so much. He was a, a great father, great friend, amazing lawyer. He had such strong morals, just a really good man. What author would you love to meet? <laughs> I'm going to toot my own little horn a little bit because, of course, it would be Peter S. Beagle who wrote the last Unicorn series. And I have met him, so. Have? What, I, was, what was he like? He just seemed exhausted. He was on a tour. <laughs> and it was really interesting because they partnered with, um, like, local cinemas like the North Edmonton cinemas when I went to and then they showed The Last Unicorn on screen and then he was there to host it and then he did autographs and you could buy merch afterwards mm-hmm. and he just looks so tired and I felt so bad but very polite very nice and 
It was amazing. Fangirl moment. That's great when you meet someone you really admire and they're actually a nice person. Yes, that, that always, like, <laughs> like, quote, don't meet your heroes because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, no. I mean, you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you, Simone? Which author would you like to meet? Well, I would have loved to have met Terry Pratchett, who wrote the Discworld novels, also uh, wrote Good Omens with Neil Gaiman. The, the Discworld books, I read those as a kid, and they just really helped start my love of fantasy and other worlds. Seeing interviews with him, he seemed a genuinely nice guy, full of great stories. I think it would have been amazing to sit down and have a coffee with him. He left us far too soon. Are there any movies or TV shows that you have seen that are better than the book? None come to mind off the top of my head, but to be fair, I read more than I watch, so I probably haven't seen a lot of the movies that were remade from books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what I'm going to say nothing. How about you, Simone? <laughs> I'm sure you have a better answer than I do. Well, I've been around a bit longer than you for a smidge, a few years. I think the movie Bridges of Madison County was better than the book. The book was quite a short novel talking about their romance. It, it was nice. It wasn't that memorable, but the movie, and it didn't hurt that it starred Meryl Streep and Clint Eastwood. Oh, how are you going to lose that one? Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. This the performances are amazing and they flesh the story out so much. I'm not really one for romantic films, but that one just gets me every time. That's the only one I could think of, though. Where's alone? What attracts you to a book? Is it the cover, the blurb, reviews? It's the cover, I have to be honest. There have been times when I've decided to read a book that hasn't looked that great and it's turned out to be a really awesome book, but in general. I do judge a book by its cover. How about you? <laughs> exactly. I am a sucker, a sucker for pretty covers. I'm just like, pretty. I have to read it. <laughs> and then and then when you're disappointed, you're like, but the pretty cover. But <laughs> but of course, like you said, also, if I see something on Instagram or everyone's talking about it, then I'm like, okay, well, what's this? Or of course, if everyone says like, don't read this, then of course, I'm not going to read it. I'm yeah. that person. <laughs> I did that with Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> I've never read that one. It was very entertaining. Oh, especially banned books. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, you shouldn't read this because someone, other group says this. Oh. I'm like, I'm going to read it. Thank you for the recommendation. Yeah. I'm just that person. You shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. It's true. She is. What is the most memorable thing that happened in your library? Well, when, when I saw this question, the first thing that came to mind was when a car accidentally drove into our front doors at the library. We didn't used to have any pillows by the doors, so... People would drive right up to our outside Dropbox and drop their books in and drive back. This time, the person, I think they accidentally went forward instead of reverse, and they crashed right through the doors, stopped in our main entrance. I remember the sound was like a cannon. It was just this huge boom. Thank goodness nobody was hurt, and we were able to get everyone out. We had to close for a little bit, and then we got our nice new doors, memorable for programs in our library I would say the first comic-con suggested the idea to our director of having a program like a comic-con that you'd go to like the Calgary Expo because we used to just put a few comics out have a superhero movie running and that was it we planned this big event we managed to get one of the main people from the video game company Bioware who make uh, the Mass Effect games and Dragon Age so that was so exciting huge gamer about 150 people showed up which was really way more than we were expecting. 
then ever since then we've been doing it yearly it's just gone from strength to strength but yeah the, the feeling of that first one being so successful is something that's always stuck with me what about you memorable thing hmm I mean I've talked we've talked about this one at the podcast before on our first episode definitely having the first escape room at the library was pretty memorable because we, you know first time we've ever done it uh, it was a lot of fun uh, everyone had fun so that's definitely a memorable one and of course I hope to make more memorable moments at the library moving forward. Uh, Simone, how long have you worked at the library? I will have worked at the library 15 years next week. It really has been a dream job. I hope I'll be here for many years to come. How long have you been here? Only three in, in September. It'll be three. Okay. Ooh, we should talk about that on our show. Because when's your, oh, your anniversary is in April and mine's mm-hmm. in September. Yeah, we'll have to somehow get both of us in there. Yeah. Or at least have a shout out for that episode saying, it's April episode and it's Simone's anniversary. Hooray! Simone, has a book ever scared you or given you nightmares? Yes. The Exorcist. Ooh. That book terrified me. I saw the movie um, when I was about 20 with my best friend and I didn't find that scary at all. Oh. And I, I mean, a little bit creepy, but. Yeah. Nowhere near how people had described it as the most terrifying movie you'll ever see. Then about a year later, I decided to read the book. And oh my goodness, the talk about the exorcism and the possession and the atmosphere of it. I'd, I'd read it at night and then I'd have to shut it. And like, okay, I'm done. I can't do any more. That book will always stay with me as the scariest book I ever read. How about you? So once again, <laughs> when someone tells you, don't read this because it's the scariest book you've ever, you'll ever read and you'll have nightmares. For me, that was The Shining, because that's what everyone, yes. that's what everyone was saying, that is like the scariest book, do not read that at night, make sure it's well lit, blah, 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 so forth. I'm like, well, guess what I'm going to go do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go read it. I didn't find it that scary. <laughs> like, there were some parts I was like, eh. like, you kind of get the, okay, but nothing, like, I'm, I didn't have nightmares about it, nothing to think about, I just was like, but, but has the book ever scared you or given you nightmares? No. <laughs> hardcore I, I just i don't know i was just like huh, okay carry on <laughs> i to try to get scared do you ever write reviews gosh no no how about you if it's a book that has just blown my mind with either being really amazing or really terrible but other than that i just do the stars have you ever joined a book club no and this might um <laughs> be the total opposite of what i was saying earlier because <laughs> i feel like book clubs I mean, I love the sense of community. I love the discussions. Like, that's great. But I don't like being like, you have to read this. It kind of reminds me of school for like... You're just a rebel, aren't you? I am. I'm just, <laughs> just not doing what anyone tells me to do. You're a loose cannon. I kind of am. So yeah. watch out for school. <laughs> what are you going to do next? Um, yeah, I just, I don't like the idea of like, hey, this is what we're reading. You have to read this. And then we're going to talk about it because it just reminds me back at school and mm-hmm. the teachers pick a, a book that you weren't too terribly excited about. And you're like, oh, how about you? <laughs> no. You neither? <laughs> same reasons or different reasons? No, pretty much the same reasons. <laughs> I did host a Magic Treehouse book club here at the library a few years ago for 7 to 12-year-olds. And that was a lot of fun. Those are really good books. They're very interesting. Uh, is there a book you read over and over and over and over and over again? Well, there's a couple. Hmm. When I was in my late teens, I read the book Prozac Nation by Elizabeth Wurzel over and over until the cover fell off. I thought that was just the greatest book. I've read it again a couple of years ago, and I don't think it aged that well. At the time, <laughs> never heard of it. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, goodness. <laughs> a book that I would still read over and over again, I have, is Woman in the Mists 
by Farley Mowat, and it's the story of Diane Fossey. She was the lady from the movie Gorillas in the Mist. She lived with the gorillas. She studied them, helped to bring awareness to them so that mountainback gorillas were saved from extinction. Were the pre-Jean Goodall? They did know each other. Oh! Yes. Diane, I think, was a bit of a more eccentric Jane Goodall. She had a pretty wild life. I just find it so fascinating and Every time I read that book, I just have to read it from cover to cover. And I've gone through about three copies of it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'll <have> to read it. <laughs> what about you? Book I read over and over. I mean, because they're quick reads, but it's kind of they're just fun. I really like to reread The Hobbit in Alice in Wonderland. They're so magical. Oh, yes. Oh, The Hobbit. Yeah. I've read that one a few times. Right? And it's, it's just so good. It is so good. Just feel good story. And he gets everything in there in, in a short amount of time. Right? Great, great choice. <laughs> well, okay, I'll just read your choice because now I've got to read this one over and over. So we'll both be destroying copies of Winnemus. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. What is the last book you bought? I don't remember. And that's a fair answer because we were talking about this before we started recording. We are like, I don't want to say I blame the library because I can get three books and read them. But I mean, there are some that I'm like, oh, I need to buy this. So I have a mm -hmm. book buying list. Yeah. It's just been a while since I've purchased it. I tend to buy more non-fiction books. Oh. I, I don't read a lot of books over and over again. If I'm going to buy a book, it's something that I want to come back to a lot. Um, books on psychology and the human body, things full of facts that you can learn from. And I go right straight for the pretty ones, like all like the Canterbury classics, the Folio Society stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're expensive, but they're so gorgeous. I really want the Jurassic Park, like last year. We even have like scalies on the wrappers oh on the cover. Goodness. And I'm like, oh, but this folio book, yeah. I'll have to show you some of Favorite author or genre? I can't really think of a favorite author. There are, there are a lot, but of course, when you ask the question, they all leave my brain. Favorite genres, I love horror, all kinds of horror, gothic, monsters, crazy killers, supernatural. Graphic novels. I hear sometimes people saying graphic novels aren't real books. And it frustrates me because graphic novels are real books. They have stories, they have premises, they have texts, they have great characters, and they have beautiful artwork. It's like even more than a chapter book. And also LGBTQ plus books. I've read some really great stories, fiction and non-fiction. How about you? Who is your favourite author or genre? Very similar answer to yourself. Author... Too many to count would be here. That would be an entire interview podcast. Like, let me just name all of them for you. <laughs> okay, gotta go home now. Gotta my best. Yeah, right. <laughs> gotta go. Um, but very similar to yourself, mix of fantasy, horror, and dystopian. But not to steal your answer completely, what is your favorite classic novel? My favorite classic novel is Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. Uh, so much of it is still relevant today. Really great story. What about you? What What is your favorite classic novel? Dracula. Dracula. I love Dracula. Why do you love Dracula? I just, I love the idea of, you know, they're like, oh, this monster. And it's a bit of horror, obviously. Mm -hmm. But then kind of like the background knowledge of like knowing like, okay, this isn't necessarily about like a monster. It's about like change and how things are like different people are entering the country and they're scared. So they have to like call it a monster, which we kind of mm -hmm. know about with colonization. Yes. And yeah, just the deeper meanings in it is so good. <laughs> and of course it's been done numerous times in film so got kind of appreciate that one and i heard because i was at what was that chapters or indigo mm -hmm. recently there's another book it's like bram stoker's 
Benson, who wrote like another book about Dracula. Oh wow! Yeah, because I just was walking by. I'm like, oh, Dracula, pretty, and then I was like, that's (laughs) new, and like Stoker. Okay, it's the great grand nephew of Bram Stoker, and he wrote Dracula the Undead, the official Stoker family door sequel to Dracula. I'm like. He's Canadian. No way. Yeah. I didn't know that. He was born in Montreal. No way. Mm-hmm. Here's a good one for you, Courtney. Oh, no. Do you prefer to read one book at a time or several? Oh, yeah. We were talking about this. So I'm mad at myself because I was very much the, like, read one, finish one. Mm-hmm. And that's it. But as many readers probably experience in their uh, reading time, sometimes you get, like, 30 holds all at once. Mm-hmm. And you're, like, just... <laughs> You're kind of frantic you're like where do I start so right now I'm kind of like picking and choosing and I'm being really bad about it it's not even so much this is the one I want to read the most it's like which one can I get through the fastest <laughs> like which one has the shortest amount of page numbers because <laughs> I'm like oh quick read but then because I'm being really bad and not reading as much as I should it's taking me like three times as long versus I should have just finished one book like my normal thing and then read another one but now I've got like two on the go wow and I'm and neither of them are finished, and they're both like a third of the way, and I'm really mad at myself for doing that. I usually don't do that, but I panicked. Uh, <laughs> Simone, what is your earliest library memory? My earliest library memory would be from uh, when I was growing up in England in a town called Watford. I was about five or six, and my dad would take me to the library every week. He'd go off into the adult section and read all the boring grown-up books. Um, and I would be in the children's area and it had a bench that looked like a tree. I remember I felt like Matilda. I would just grab a whole bunch of books and just sit there for hours reading them all. The library seemed enormous. There was a wooden floor and the echo of it. I can still hear it in my memory. People telling you to shush. That was a really big thing back then. I came back to the library when I visited um, my family about five years ago. And I walked in and it was a lot smaller than than our library here. And I asked one of the staff, I said, did you like downsize? And she said, no, this is the size it's always been. And it was so weird because as a kid, it just seemed to be endless. It was actually just a regular little library. Thank you, Tanya, for this wonderful opportunity to answer all these great questions. And if you would love to hear more from myself and Simone, you can check us out on our website. We are the Behind the Stacks podcast at uh, sgpl.ca. And we're on Spotify, Apple, pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. So that's it from us. Thanks again. Be sure to catch the next exciting episode of Track Pack Road Trip Podcast. Bye. Bye.